Hello, and welcome to this latest episode of The Month in VC, our regular podcast on the African venture capital space, brought to you in partnership with Catapult Africa, Kalon Venture Partners, Halayasani Capital, and ARM Labs Lagos Techstars Accelerator. Every month, we catch you up on all the latest funds and investments news, introduce you to investors, and discuss key themes and trends. We hope you enjoy our latest instalment. And as ever, if you have any suggestions for topics or want to get involved yourself, please don't hesitate to reach out. For now, let's catch up on all the latest funding news from the last month. August proved a slight tonic on what has been a difficult year so far in African VC as the sector continues to be affected by the global capital crunch. The best news came from Nigeria, where mobility fintech company Move, Uber's largest vehicle supply partner in EMEA, announced a further $76 million funding round to fuel further global expansion. Move is democratizing vehicle ownership in Africa by providing revenue-based vehicle financing to mobility entrepreneurs. By embedding its alternative credit scoring technology into ride-hailing, e-logistics and instant delivery platforms, the company can use proprietary performance and revenue analytics to underwrite loans to drivers that have previously been excluded from financial services. The new capital brings Move's total funding to over $335 million since inception. Staying in Nigeria, Remedial Health, an e-health startup that developed solutions to make Africa's pharmaceutical value chain more efficient, secured $12 million in an equity and debt funding round, while merchant solution platform Traction raised a $6 million seed round to drive expansion, accelerate growth and strengthen its team. Elsewhere, Egyptian AI-based recruitment startup Talents Arena raised a $750,000 pre-seed round to power its expansion into Saudi Arabia. And Bugard, the Cairo-based offensive security and dark web monitoring company, banks $500,000 in seed funding to power its expansion into the GCC region. Meanwhile, Kenyan startup Ed Partners secured $1.5 million in debt funding from social impact investor Oiko Credit to provide affordable financing to private schools. And Ghana's Oyster Agribusiness, an agri-enterprise that employs significant levels of tech and works closely with smallholder farmers, raised $310,000 in grants and debt funding to propel its mission of sustainable agriculture, gender inclusion and talent management. South African personal finance companion Fin Me Up banked an undisclosed amount of funding. It said will help it enhance its user experience and scale operations. And DRC's VaultPay and Nigeria's Chow Central joined Rwanda's Edencare in being selected for the summer 2023 batch of the renowned Silicon Valley-based Y Combinator Accelerator. Finally, from a startup investment perspective, the co-investment fund Catalytic Africa, established in 2019 by the African Business Angels Network and Afrolabs, made three investments totaling $191,000 in startups from Cameroon, the DRC and Kenya in June and July. The major news, however, came from a fund perspective, with leading firms raising significant funds that suggest all is not lost when it comes to African VC in the age of the global capital shortage. Founders Factory Africa has secured an additional 114 million US dollars in funding from Mastercard Foundation and Johnson and Johnson to scale its model to better serve founders across the African tech ecosystem. Founders Factory, which originally launched in London in 2015 and has already built more than 70 startups, launched African operations in Johannesburg in 2018, from where it plans to design, build and scale 140 disruptive tech startups across Africa. The company brought its model to Africa in partnership with Standard Bank and subsequently secured backing from Netcare to provide a platform for entrepreneurs to build and scale e-health startups across Africa. The small foundation also invested to support agritech startups. The additional funding from the Mastercard Foundation and Johnson & Johnson will enable Founders Factory Africa to scale its model and better serve technology-led startups and founders across the African continent. 
Further great news was to follow. A South African VC firm, Knife Capital, reached final close of its 50 million US dollar African Series B expansion fund, Knife Fund 3. The Cape Town-based Knife Capital is a venture capital and growth equity investment manager focusing on innovation-driven ventures with proven traction. By leveraging knowledge, networks and funding, Knife accelerates the international expansion of African entrepreneurial businesses that have achieved a product market fit in a beachhead market. Knife Fund 3 supports the expansion of African innovation-driven companies to fill a critical follow-on funding gap as lead investor and through co-investment with other credible funders across the continent. The focus is on high-growth, scalable South African B2B tech companies that have impact potential and show strong returns through exit optionality. The fund will also back entrepreneurs in other African countries who fit this investment profile in collaboration with experienced local partners. In each episode of The Month in VC, we focus on one individual Africa-focused investor, learning about their background, their company, and their investment ethos. This month, we caught up with Sapna Shah, partner at Novastar Ventures, one of the first institutional African VC firms, with offices in Nairobi, Lagos, and London. Growing up in a business family in Kenya, Sapna understood the power and potential of enterprise and markets to enable development, create jobs, and empower consumers to choose the right products and services that work for them. After leaving Kenya aged 18 to study economics and politics at the London School of Economics, upon graduation, she began a career in commercial banking, specifically working with small to medium-sized companies at various stages of their life cycle. Doing this in the UK, in US, Europe and the Middle East taught me the importance of understanding different cultures and norms, but underlined my passion for working with entrepreneurs and enterprise. If done right, a universal force for positive change. Shah moved back to Kenya in 2012 as the co-founder of a brick-and-mortar food business and also started making angel investments in emerging African tech startups. She was introduced to impact investing in her role as a portfolio manager at Acumen and joined Novastar in 2015. The firm was founded in 2014 to fuel the entrepreneurial revolution that is transforming markets and sectors in Africa. It was one of the first, and is now one of the largest, institutional VCs in Africa, having raised $80 million US million for its first fund. That was focused on East Africa and its second $108 million fund closed in 2020. That's already expanded to West Africa. Like us, the bold entrepreneurs we back are obsessed with serving the basic needs of everyday consumers and producers, understanding their lifestyles, the friction that slows them down, the tools that lift them up, and the informal markets where they live, work, and shop. Novastar's investors are a mix of private and public capital, ranging from development finance institutions such as British International Investment, FMO, North Fund, Dutch Good Growth Fund, the European Investment Bank, and the Swiss Investment Fund for Emerging Markets, to private institutions like AXA Investment Managers and Blink. It now has over 200 million US dollars in assets under management and 24 portfolio companies, some of the African standouts being MoneyPoint, Trade Depot, M Pharma, and Basigo. Alongside the financial value our portfolio companies are creating, significant social and environmental benefits. At the end of 2022, they'd created measurable and lasting social value for over 30 million everyday consumers, producers, and employees. Our companies have also avoided or removed more than 2.4 metric tons of carbon dioxide, reforested nearly 10,000 hectares of land in one of the planet's 10 most important zones for biodiversity, and removed and repurposed more than 117,000 tons of waste. 
We expect to see the social and environmental value created increase in line with the commercial growth of our portfolio companies. Novasar is sector agnostic, but screens for businesses that are revolutionizing entire sectors, addressing a large market and serving the everyday consumer or producer in Africa. We have thus invested in companies solving problems in health, agriculture, education, energy, insurance, and finance. We are multi-stage investors and can invest from seed to series D and anything in between. A team of entrepreneurs ourselves, we partner and build relationships with founders to support them through their journey from seed to scale. If the companies we invest in are successful, they will grow quickly and need to raise multiple rounds of capital to do so. We support our companies through that process and use global networks to connect them to capital providers. The firm is excited by Africa's potential, but there are some issues. Sapna says recruiting and retaining talent is a major challenge faced by all of Novastar's portfolio companies. Companies that are growing rapidly need to hire hundreds of people, build an organizational culture and systems that enable rapid feedback and scale. Challenges recruiting tech talent have been particularly acute since COVID-19, and we have seen some of our fastest growing companies set up offices in the UK or the US to attract this talent. Novastar's first two funds focused on backing businesses that provide essential goods and services in new and innovative ways. Going forward, we're looking at using the same tools and strategies to support planet-positive innovations and technology. We see a massive opportunity to create sustainable, planet-positive mass-market business models that can work not just in Africa, but globally. there then on how one of Africa's first movers in the VC space, Novastar, is aiming for planet-positive growth in the years to come. A worthy goal indeed. As one of the pioneers in the African VC industry, and one that is located on the continent, Novastar is a firm that knows a thing or two about investing in local startups and the importance of tapping into local funding sources and expertise. This month, we're taking a deep dive into the importance of local capital, especially institutional capital, when it comes to building a successful tech startup ecosystem. To do so, we caught up with Matthew Palin, partner at South African VC firm Hyacinthi Capital. First things first, there is, in general, simply not enough capital for standalone VC firms in Africa. If we look at um, the size of the funds, the venture capital funds that aren't linked to an existing large corporate, which there are only a few of them that do have VC kind of allocations, talking large corporates, but these standalone venture capital funds are terribly underfunded. Um, you know, I would say our, the average size of a fund in South Africa is probably around 50 million rand, if that. Um, there's only four or so that are um, greater than 100 million rand. And if we look at... Um, just what it costs to run a venture capital fund. You know, you need at least 500, ideally 750 million rand uh, funds under, under management to make it a sustainable business as a venture capital fund. So we, we are underfunded. If we compare it to, um, you know, I think it was in the US and 
and my stats might be a little bit wrong, but I think it was in around 2010, the average VC fund in the US was 300 million US dollars. Um, and you compare that to us where we are now. I mean, we're just desperately, desperately underfunded um, as a VC ecosystem. And of course, that means that there's little capital to go into great opportunities and great entrepreneurs. In South Africa, the majority of investment capital has been local, but there has been a hard learning curve with institutions having become anti-VC very early on. Family offices have proven more understanding. It, it, it is local and it's almost exclusively local. Um, at least that's been our experience. So our kind of journey with uh, raising funds, you know, in, in 2010, a lot of um, private equity, I would say, type investment um, institutions tried VC and they took a late stage private equity mindset to it and they didn't get it right. You know, they were expecting to see, you know, ca- like um, strong cash flows and valuing businesses off that and, you know, wanted to see profits because that's how you do a private equity deal. And applying that to a venture capital um, opportunity doesn't really work. And so there was a kind of a collapse of VC back in 2010. And a lot of people said, oh, because of that, that VC doesn't work in South Africa. And what that meant is that institutions who had got burnt in that process became really, really um, anti-VC for a long time. Um, and and actually, in fact, when we started our, our Sunny uh, growth fund, which was our first fund under the Sunny uh, capital umbrella, um, we didn't call our first fund a venture capital fund because um, we knew that it had the stigma to it. And so we called it the growth fund. Um, and while it was essentially a venture capital fund, we couldn't, we didn't want to name it so. And it was because of that reason that we managed to convince Standard Bank to invest. They said to us, you know, at the time, if you had called it a venture capital fund, we probably wouldn't have got it past our credit committee. So institutions have been really scared of venture capital in South Africa, our local institutions, which has made it really tough. And and that means that we've had to rely and how we built our business was based on um, essentially angels and uh, ex-entrepreneurs um, and other private capital. Um, and it was that way that, you know, the, the Harris family uh, supported us over the years. Michael Jordan was... Um, also supported us um, in our very first fund and they were almost co-founders of our angel hub business. And so we have relied heavily on, on those family office type investors. And uh, it also, it's also because what we do resonates with them. Those typically I would say family offices are family offices because they've built a family business and made money from it. And so they've been on that entrepreneurial journey Um and, and so when we show them the types of businesses that we want to invest in, they can, they can see that and it resonates with them and they want to support it. Institutions are increasingly, slowly but surely, coming to the table. In South Africa, Standard Bank has been a leader and the SASME fund is doing great work. Matt wants more from government, however. And so slowly it's, it's happening, but the, the, big, the big emission from the ecosystem that is kind of sitting there is government. Um, we haven't been supported financially by government at all in the ecosystem. And if we look at 
some other emerging countries, how they really kickstarted their venture capital ecosystem was through government support, whether it's kind of um, first loss funds or just, you know, putting putting money into VC funds. We haven't had that. And that's something that I would really love from our government. Being local is a key advantage when it comes to VC. Firstly, a deployment of capital. It is difficult to not be in a country and truly vet a company and, um, you know, uh, understand um, the risks associated that com- with that company if you're not really in touch with the with the risks associated associated with its home market or where it's established. So, um, in that way, you know, being South African, we understand this this market and we understand kind of the environment that it operates in and the opportunities and the risks associated with that. And having been in this game and and worked with a, a lot of uh, companies to help them grow both locally and internationally. Um, we have built up our experience and our track record of being able to help these businesses. So um, having a close touch point can definitely help, you know, so when it, it, we sometimes get pulled into sales meetings, into strategic discussions with, on you know, other investors, um, and I think that local homegrown knowledge can definitely can definitely help. How do we get more local LPs, especially institutional ones, interested in African venture capital? It starts with education. Um, I think there is a lack of understanding about um, what the true risks of venture capital are, and and the tools and um, processes that we as venture capital investors put in place to reduce those risks. Um, and so, so I mean, we, we do do that. We, wherever we have the opportunity, we'll happily e- explain and talk through what a VC can do to reduce the risk for an LP investor. Um, and so I think, I think it starts there with the education. And then at the end of the day, it also comes down to we just need that one person, um, that champion in that institution to, to kind of stick their neck out and say, let's give it a go. Um, but I think that's more and more likely going to happen. I think um, in traditional markets, uh, big institutions are going to struggle to find returns. And so they're going to have to look at alternatives like venture capital to get those returns. So I think we're in a good good space. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world that um, is calling causing challenges. But I think in the long run, um, it's going to be good for the VC ecosystem. positive note on which to end there from Matt, who predicts that more local and especially more local institutional capital will be heading towards the African tech startup space in the coming months and years. That brings us to the end of this episode of The Month in VC, brought to you by Disrupt Africa in partnership with Catapult Africa, Kalon Venture Partners, Haliasani Capital and AIM Labs Lagos Techstars Accelerator. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.